Welcome to Subtle Beast, everybody. I am your host, Bolts. With me, as always, my co-host, Mr. Steve Apostolopoulos. How are you, brother? Fultz, I'm doing good. Dude, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Doing great. You know, we've been uh, a little hit or miss here with uh, with our podcast, but it's summertime. You know, we have some trips. You went away. I went away. Yeah, man. We got the summer schedule going. Yeah, but uh, it, it, it started making me think about... Um, you know, when going on trips and the fact that we weren't uh, in the studio as much was like uh, before the before the world disaster and the pandemic and everything, we were going to be going on the road to um, visit some different places and shoot some uh, video for a documentary. And I was thinking about some of those locations. And one of them that always came to mind was there was this house that gets uh, people. It's reported as being one. I guess one of the most haunted houses in Louisiana. Oh yeah. And we were going to go down there and <laughs> we were going to spend the night and me and Steve were always joke be like look we have to have uh like cameras all on the wall like uh what are those portable cameras that people put like on the GoPros. GoPros like on the wall and stuff <laughs> like sleep back to back. But uh, yeah, because I've seen a couple different uh, investigations on TV, so you never really know until you experience it. So we were going to do that, and uh, well, you know, everyone knows what happened, and everything shut down. But we didn't get the chance. But we will get back around to that when we can fit it back into our schedules once again. But anyway, having said all that, is what uh, you know brings us to uh, tonight's show because we were going to be going visit places like that. And like, we were going to go out to like area 51 and there were some other places I'm not going to say, because we're going to save it for that tour. But, uh, this goes hand in hand with it. Steve, what's going on with isolated stairs in the woods? I guess there's people out there that are spotting these stairs and now they're spreading their stories out. So, right. So we're going to find out if it's just, you had a regular explanation for it or uh is there something more we've been checking them out checking out the stories checking out the pictures and uh we've got a little bit to talk about in some other creepy places you know around the globe yeah our little style with our little list that we like to do so are you ready folks yeah are you gonna kick it off or do you want me to either way i'm jumping in steve all right so here we go Many famous staircases have a story behind them. The Spanish Steps in Rome, the Loretto Staircase in Santa Fe, and the steps that led to nowhere in the Winchester Mansion are just a few. While these iconic structures may be legendary, another category of strange staircases has also created recent buzz across the internet. Numerous people have been coming forward with reports of isolated stairs in the woods and national parks. This phenomenon has also brought out some of the creepiest stories about otherworldly experiences when someone climbed a mysterious staircase that was sitting alone in the forest. There are many online reports of strange staircases in the forest. Some of these weird stairs in the forest stand miles from the closest settlement without any logical reason for them to be there. They can differ wildly in style, age, condition, and design. Often there is no clue as to why they are there and their isolation only deepens the mystery. With some of the structures, it's as if someone built the steps and then simply left. Well, that makes me think of, uh, me and Steve used to go up to this one mountain where we do a lot of hiking and we do most of our hunting. And uh, there would always be like abandoned cars. 
Yeah. Which would be like, how did you get it in here? Unless it was there before the trees grew, because there's no way it could have been navigated around. And and the and the hill coming down was nothing but rocks. Yeah, I don't even know how they would get it up there. Yeah, very very interesting. But uh, so that's probably the weirdest thing that I've come across in the woods. Not the random staircases though. But uh, surely some of these staircases in the middle of nowhere may have been a part of a town or building that has long since crumbled to the ground. However. Some of them seem new, almost like someone had put them there yesterday. The very first stories that surfaced on the internet opened the floodgates for more and more people to come forward with their own accounts of random staircases in the woods and parks. What seemed has begun as a creepy phenomenon became a string of stories recounted from both rangers and public, mostly from eastern U.S., now, however, soon stories poured in from other nations, including Portugal, Norway, and the Philippines. As it turns out, mysterious staircases in the forest are not uncommon, and many of them have been around for centuries or millennia. Millennia. So thousands of years? Yeah. So the first one that we have here that we're going to go over is called the Etruscan Pyramid of Bomzaro. Historically, there are numerous ancient structures with staircases that appear to have been important for various people. In Vertebo, Italy, the Estrucan Pyramid of Bomarzo is a large stone megalith with stairs that lead to a small platform at the top. Scholars believe that the structure dates to the 7th century BC or before. No one knows what really took place on these steps. However, Etruscans did perform sky-based deviations and sacrifices of animals and people could this have been a divination tower or altar could have been it definitely could have been they could have walked up to the top of it made their sacrifice and you know put it up to the gods yeah next one on our list here is mount phnom kulin in the Cambodian Siem Reap province, a, a puzzling 2,000-foot-long abandoned staircase ascends the Pham Kulan Mountain, known as the Pelusier. Experts believe the structure dates to sometime between the 9th and 13th century. However, experts aren't sure who built it or why. Perhaps it served as a pathway to reach the ancient, now buried by the jungle, city of Mahendrapavarta. Good one. <laughs> Thanks. That was tough. Additionally, quarries di quarries did exist on Phnom Kulan Mountains for the construction of Angor's temples. Did King Suravarmanan II build the staircase for the workers to acquire building supplies for the Angor Wat in the 12th century? So there's just in the middle of the jungle staircases. Yeah. Steve, you want to jump in here with this next one? Yeah, I like this one. Madame Cherie's Stairs. In Chesterfield, New Hampshire, a set of stairs in the woods has earned a legendary reputation. Although not a true mystery, the staircase rouses curiosity. Well, there's a story behind it. During the 1920s, a Parisian music hall singer, Madame Antoinette Cherie, built her castle in the woods of Chesterfield to serve as a summer retreat. Although it didn't boast dimensions of a true castle, it was a rustic French chateau with a stunning stone staircase, complete with Roman arches that led to the second floor. 
Madame Cherie held lavish parties, and rumors have it that scandalous things went on there. She may have even supplemented her income by operating as a real madam, in business with many beautiful ladies. However, when Madame fell into poverty, she abandoned the chateau, and in 1962, the castle burned down, and today only the stairs and part of the foundation remain. So there's a staircase with a story. Yeah, so they're actually, they're tracing it back. So, you know, we're trying to be able to show both sides of the coin. So there's a stair- the staircase of missing time in the Philippines. One of the earliest of all reports actually originated from the Philippines. Torquic is an experienced ranger and is often taxed with searching for missing people in the local jungles. There's something that occurs on a regular basis because the jungles and forests in the area tend to be dense and difficult to safely navigate. It was during one of these routine patrols that Torquic claimed that he found two staircases that led deep into the forest. Out of curiosity, <coughs> pardon me, and to get higher vantage point of the forest ahead of him, Torquic decided to climb the stairs. The first staircase was a stone structure with decorative carvings on it. The second ca- staircase looked more like something someone had put together with natural stones in the immediate area. Torquic did not see any sign of missing backpackers, but he did see a stray dog that appeared vicious. He hastened forward and further up the stairs to avoid the dog. Unsuccessfully, he finally returned to civilization. Torquic was met with the news that was both unfortunate and baffling all at the same time. When he arrived at the ranger station, he learned that he had been fired from his job. From his perspective, he had been out for a number of hours. But the truth is, as told to him, was vanishing. Torquic had been out on patrol for five years. That's my favorite one, I think. I love that, too, because Steve and I are fans of a, of a series on Netflix called a Manifest. Yes. So uh, if you haven't seen that, check it out. Uh, won't give any spoiler alerts, but the, the basis of it is a flight back to the United States. <clears throat> pardon me again. From Jamaica. It's supposed to take like two hours. The plane lands and the people have been missing for five and a half years presumed dead presumed dead everyone life moved on without him and then mystically they land and also the name Torquic. i've never heard anyone use that name before i think that's an awesome name you know what it reminds me of it uh when we did uh like parallel universes when we were talking about the man from Tord. oh yeah and uh, oh that was a great story yeah so if you haven't checked out that episode go back that goes way back that might be towards when we were first getting started maybe or in the first years. Oh, it's a phenomenal show, though. Yeah, I like that. I had a lot of fun. Steve, The Vanishing Staircase? Ah, in the 1940s. So here's another great story. This one came from a man who claims to work with the CDC as an infectious disease specialist. And he told us that in the 1940s, after the Roswell crash, reports of animal mutilations surfaced. The CDC was called in to assist in the investigation, which was supposed to only last for a week or two, but in fact, it lasted for six months. During that time, various people working in the field reported weird stares that were giving off some type of frequency. They stationed their campsite about 30 meters away from the stairs and spent the night, but when they woke up, the stairs had moved. On the ground where the stairs were was a black, dark spot that appeared to be burnt. So, for the next two days, uh, they were there, and it reappeared about 50 meters away. They decided to do some readings and tried to sample part of the staircase, 
but the wood structure staircase was harder than steel, and none of it would be chipped off for sampling. Although the investigators determined that the stairs emitted a frequency, they could never figure out why or who was receiving it. Six days later, the staircase vanished forever. That's crazy. I'm not so sure if I was there, if when I woke up, the staircase had moved and there was a black spot would have been... I'd have been like, either somebody was in here really quiet overnight and moved that, which apparently couldn't be because it was hard. I would have got, I would have packed up and went home. <laughs> yeah, I think logic would state that... Something sinister is at, at hand. Right. If something like that happens, something is wrong. Terribly, terribly wrong. They stayed for two more days, and then 50 yards away, they find the staircase again in a different spot. Imagine being the guy that found the staircase the second time. You're like, guys, <laughs> you're never going to believe this. I just went over to pee behind that tree and I found the staircase again. I'd be like, well, it's getting late, guys. Uh, <laughs> we should probably pack up. Better be getting going. Yeah. So uh, the ghostly staircase in Sweden. There's another tale about a staircase in the woods, which involves two Swedish students who were out hiking. Axel and Isaac have been traveling for miles and presumably hours when they came across miles and hours, presumably when they came across the staircase in the clearing miles away from anywhere. They were both puzzled, but they couldn't agree about what to do. Axel wanted nothing to do at all with the stairs while Isaac was much more daring. He wanted to climb them and did so. The instant he reached the top, both youths heard a blood-curdling shill scream that was sufficient to make me flee from the scene. Eventually, they stopped running and recovered their breath. That was when someone put a hand on Axel's shoulder, assuming it to be Isaac. He glanced backward. Isaac stood behind him at a considerable distance, much too far to be within arm's reach of him. Whoever or whatever was responsible for the touch... Axel recalled that it felt cold. Which is what they say. Uh, for apparitions. Spirits, yeah. Two utes. Yeah, exactly. Blood-curdling shrill. And then as they're leaving, the one gets you know tapped on the shoulder, turns around, and the other guy is so far away that he knows immediately that it wasn't him touching him. And he has no idea what it was that was touching him. Yeah, it had to be some type of ghostly apparition. or Something, something. was... Pushing them away from that staircase. Yeah, yeah, they certainly were. You want to jump in on this one? The Rangers' creepy stairs in the forest. And this one is one of the most uh, popular ones out there. Another account of an abandoned stairs in the forest and national parks surfaced online. This report referenced a park ranger who was training another young rookie ranger in the intimate aspects of the job. The ranger told the rookie about his own experience when he and another man found a lone staircase in the woods. They thought it was weird. Nonetheless, the man climbed to the top and held out his hand to grab onto the branch of a tree. At that exact moment, something cut that hand off. Whatever caused this was a mystery. Nonetheless, the clean cut wound made him bleed profusely, which created an emergency. Uh, During the emergency, they looked for the hand, but oddly enough, no one could find it. A different ranger reported about a time when he saw a woman head up some stairs similar. She complained that something was wrong with her before she collapsed and died. Later, authorities determined that she had suffered a fatal aneurysm. Would you go up them? 
not if that lady died. Yeah, I mean, that first person dies, you're not. No one's going up those stairs. Here's the thing: like you, you would go there to investigate it, and in your head, you're thinking, "I'm just going to go up these stairs." But you have to consider: what if something really cut this guy's hand off, or what if what's ever at that force at the top of the stairs gave this lady an aneurysm? Is it worth it to find out for? Your investigation. Dude, everybody's got uh, a lot of guts as they're go as they're walking out to the investigation. The first time something weird like that happens, they turn into the biggest babies in the world. Somebody gets their hand cut off. That's changing everybody's perspective on that staircase. It's reminiscent of uh, Mike Tyson's quote. Everyone's got a plan until you get punched in the face. Exactly. Exactly. Like that lady, you know, maybe they had a brain. She had a brain but was that at the exact moment like that brain aneurysm happened at the exact moment when she climbed up those steps mm, i mean there's probably something a little bit more going on there yeah i mean it would be like uh investigating not to get off topic but investigating um skinwalker ranch right the things that go on there does it seem interesting do i want to go and do it yeah w- would i i would but you got to be cautious because some of the stories there uh you know, people. Right. You see a little floating orb and outside the window, your first idea is let's go follow that orb. Yeah. Or the, or a portal opens up and you see something crawl out like we covered when we did that show. It's going to be a tough one to forget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that one, that one might haunt you for a little while. So, uh, don't go near. Although the stories have above that we've discussed presumably intriguing legends, many people really have seen random staircases in the forest. While we might expect these types of stairs to lead to shrines or temples or to serve as steps up to a steep part of a hiking trail, the steps that lead to nowhere are the strangest of all. The ranger, Search and Rescue Woods, who shared some of his stories online, had this to say. I asked about it the first time I saw some mysterious stairs in the woods, and the other officer just told me not to worry about it, that it was normal. Everyone I asked said the same thing. I wanted to go check them out, but I was told very emphatically that I should never go anywhere near them. I just sort of ignore them now when I run into them because it happens so frequently. That's weird. It's like, what type of park rangers are these guys? Are they like... They're the kind black of, ops. Yeah, they're the kind that see that just walk by stairways. They're like, oh, more stairs in the in the woods. I tell you guys a story about this one. Um, it's about the first thing Fultz says. Uh, we're we're talking about some shows coming up. We're talking about this show, staircases in the forest. Fultz is like, I bet they lead to a craft. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> funny you should say that, Steve, because that was uh, going to be the my next point that I brought up was. That is my theory. I mean, it should be no shock to anybody that's been listening to no our show. No shock, yeah. I mean, it's a platform, in my opinion, to to board a craft. And that's all you would need is a staircase platform. Because depending on how big the craft is, right there's your opening. You, you leave and uh, who knows? Maybe those staircases that were flip-flopping around and switching positions in those forests were uh you know multi-dimensional crafts coming in and wherever that ship appears is where the stairs then is there to greet it right so i mean you got to think of it all possibilities if you're going to believe in extraterrestrials and all that then you have to realize that our physics 
is limited and we haven't figured it out we might say oh physics doesn't allow to that no our physics doesn't allow to that well and also time is different uh for us time is perceived as linear but in many other stellar civilizations time may not be linear so where it may be a thousand millennia years old um to us it may not be that way for a visiting uh, craft so it may seem like the staircase is leading to nothing but in fact the staircase was always built to lead directly to the craft that's landing there yeah well said <laughs> i mean so but again that's that's just a theory of 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 mine of ours i loved it dude the first time i heard it i was like yes that's a perfect theory from folks. i mean it's really the basis behind what we do here i mean if it wasn't for extraterrestrials in my opinion just means other conspiracy theories seem ridiculous right i don't know if we'd be here if it wasn't for ets yeah that's right there we go because we've covered that in the show as well steve kick us off all right so we're transitioning from staircases to 13 of the creepiest places around the world these natural and supernatural frights continue haunting all year long Love it. The world covered in haunts, frights, and macabre memorials, from lavish decor made of human bone to eerie dolls, abandoned towns, and death-defying drops. The world offers a mix of natural and supposedly paranormal frights at a number of goosebump-inducing sites scattered across the globe. So here's a list of them, the creepiest places in the world. All right, we're going to kick it off with the Island of Dolls in Mexico City, Mexico. Mexico's Isla de Monecas, or Island of Dolls, may be tucked away in Achamlico Canal south of Mexico City, but it has become a favorite tourist attraction for its population of creepy dolls. Now, according to local legend, when the island's only occupant found a drowned girl on a canal and a doll nearby, he began hanging dolls around the island. Now, thousands are strung among the trees. It's unclear if he did so to honor the girl or to ward off any nefarious spirits. The island is only accessible by boat. And I was telling Stephen Presha that I have seen an um, episode of Ghost Hunters where they went there. Now whatever you believe in these shows whether they're real or fake or what this place is real and it was creepy enough them just being there in the dark and you know there was some there was some unexplainable things going on on that particular program and man it's enough to go there but to go like at midnight at night so that you're trying to conjure up as much activity as you can i think i'm thinking more around like noon I got a couple things with this island. First of all, it's got a bunch of dolls on it. So there's other places. Creep factors through the roof already. <laughs> yeah. There's there's other places that has an abundance of things. In France, there is a bridge where people put a lock. Like two people will go together, and it's supposedly in, it's um, a symbol of their love being locked in. They put the lock on the bridge, throw the keys in the water, and their love is supposed to always be there. That's cool. Okay, so you went there, you had a lock on you. This place is only accessible by boat. Where are all the dolls coming from? Like, people are bringing dolls to this island? Right, well, because they were there before it became a tourist attraction. So like, like, that is just really are weird. The, are the spirits of the island living within the dolls or manipulating <laughs> the dolls in some way? It seems like there's a lot of dolls 
to be hung up in the woods out there. I mean, if you were a ghost and or a spirit of some kind and you were going to possess an inanimate object, I guess trying to resemble a human being or a life form of some that a doll would probably be perfect. Look at the movie Annabelle, which was based on a true story. Say you and me are going there. We're going to go investigate this. Do you take a doll with you? I do, as an offering of uh, goodwill and, and, and peace and no no harm. Just come in there. I don't I'm not, you know... I don't know how many questions I'll ask or try and do like EVPs. I just want to go there and check it out. Maybe do a podcast from there or something. Bunch of we'll dolls. Leave, we'll there. leave all that other stuff to the ghost hunters. You want to conjure that up? You got questions? Great. We'll cover some of them on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So what's next, Steve? Oh, this is a good one, man, but you got to do it. Okay. The Okihara Yamanashi Perfector in Japan. And... The Ogigahara is also known as the Suicide Forest or the Sea of Turtles. I just got it. <laughs> it's a, it sits near Japan's Mount Fuji in Fuji, Hakanos National Park in Japan, and it's known for its dense woods. The forest was subject to a 2016 film, and Vice reports that there are popular novels set in the forest was published. It became the scene of suicides at a rate of an estimated 50 to 100 people a year. That's a lot of people to be going in there. I mean, that is, are people going there with the intent to commit suicide or do they go there and something there makes them want to commit suicide? Well, there's a difference in cultures. Uh, the honorable thing in Japan in some situations, it's death or death over dishonor. Right. And they commit Harry Carry, which is done with a sword where they cut the abdomen and bleed out. Uh, terrible, horrible thing to do. Um, they would, um, commanders would have to do it during World War II, like if, instead of surrendering. In front of, yeah, in front, in front of, of their, 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 their command or whatever. Right, so that they, the troops would fight harder and see its death before dishonor. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I guess it's more of a part of, of that culture. But at that rate, 100 people a year it would almost be like the park rangers are that would be like two bodies a week you would need those tactical park rangers from that one story we oh, talked yeah. about earlier with those commandos that they send in for the mysterious it's like uh, guys working in black ops that see ufos all the time yeah we see them all the time you know what they need a set of stairs to jump off of they do that would make it way easier than whatever they're doing i agree who can we get in contact with us about this? <laughs> Let's call the tree of this. <laughs> Let's go to Chernobyl. The sea of trees. <laughs> Chernobyl. Okay, this one's in the Ukraine. Everybody knows Chernobyl. You should. Chernobyl is closed but not fully decommissioned. Nuclear power plant in the restricted Chernobyl exclusion zone of North Kiev, Ukraine. The facility was evacuated on April 27th of 1986 after a catastrophic nuclear accident. Still regarded as the most devastating nuclear accident in history, abandoned structures reveal the frantic pace of abandoning the city of nearby Pripyat. Yeah. So after that, we did have uh, Fukushima, which was a power plant as well that got hit by a huge tidal wave in Japan. Um, and they still haven't gotten the final numbers in, but that one could rival Chernobyl. But Chernobyl was a uh, huge. Uh, America had Three Mile Island. Yeah, well, that that melted down in 78, I believe. I was like two years old. 
Right. It was it was shortly after we were born. That one melted down, and uh, now they are actually they're not making power out of that. They're not. So, yeah, they had closed the one stack that melted down. They closed that for years, but there was three total stacks, so two of them were still operational. And recently, they decommissioned the entire power plant, so there is no power coming out of there. Yeah, like Steve and I live, if you've ever heard of Three Mile Island, which is a power plant here in Pennsylvania, we probably live within 15 minutes of it, 20 minutes. Yeah, it was a huge deal. Yeah, it was a really big deal. Like, I mean, everybody was supposed to evacuate. I mean, my mom took us to her grand or to our grandmother in Allentown. My old man, the savage, he just was like, I got things to do. He stayed here. A lot of people stayed. They were saying New York, because of the way that the uh, winds were being pushed that new york was the safest place so a bunch of people went to new york uh uncle lou i think went to jamaica like he just bugged out you know what i'm getting (laughs) real far away but it's it's no uh secret that um you know fishermen that have been fishing near three mile island around here two-headed fish oh yeah fish with two tails like too many eyes and creepy stuff yes it is i mean I don't even get in the local river, let alone go fishing near Three Mile Island. No, no offense to those that do. Okay, the next one we got here, everyone should be pretty familiar with too, the Stanley Hotel in Colorado. Americans are likely familiar with the Stanley Hotel, a 142-room Colonial Revival Hotel in Estes Park, Colorado, and made famous as the inspiration for the horror novelist Stephen King's Overlook Hotel in The Shining. The Stanley has developed its own claims of paranormal activity over time. Well, I mean, if you, you would think that a movie like The Shining being filmed there, there was a lot of acting of like, it could have very easily uh, brought up paranormal activity or people coming to visit that are expecting to see it. It could end up conjuring up that type of activity. You know, it would be weird to be the Jack Nicholas uh, character Nicholson? Yeah, Jack Nicholson. Yes, Jack Nicholson character where you're the caretaker. Imagine you're out there, you fly to Colorado, you want to start things new, you get a nice job at this hotel, the Stanley, and it's, you know, snowed in, and you find yourself as the only person there with your family, and you're like, oh my gosh, they made a movie about this, this place is haunted, and I'm here by myself. It actually, if it happened to you, I bet it would freak you out so bad. Oh, and that's why a lot of people just keep stories like paranormal activity or, you know, citing stories to themselves because they're just like trying to explain this. I'm going to sound like an insane person. Yeah. I mean, the story of the Stanley Hotel, the way that Stephen King tells it and the way that Jack Nicholson acts it is un- unreal that all the spiritual stuff that's happening there. Yeah. I mean, I tend to believe you see something out of this world or something unbelievable and you know that you saw it. Just keep it to yourself because you know it. So you know that it exists. Trying to convince other people, forget about it. But But, tell us. Yeah, I was about to say, contact (laughs) us, though, because we want to talk about it for sure. Okay, what do we got next? We got the Compuchin Catacombs of Palermo and their burial crypts in Palermo, Sicily, in southern Italy. They draw visitors as somewhat gruesome tourist attraction. The catacombs act as a cemetery to an estimated 8,000 mummies that line the walls. Some of the human remains are now skeletal, while the catacombs also hold well-preserved bodies. The last body was interred at the site in 1920. I mean, 
we were looking at pictures online. I mean, it it looks like something straight out of a horror film because the bodies are mummified, but they're not wrapped. You know, the heads are exposed, and it just looks like like leather. Yeah, something out of like Hellraiser or something. I saw one of these. Uh, there's in this in this place in the Capuchin catacombs. There's thousands of bodies, but when I was in Europe, not too far from Italy, actually in Greece, um, they had a an old church, and in the like the bottom, like not the basement, but like the underneath the church, it was there was catacombs, and that's where they kept the like the higher priests. They would be embalmed, and then they would be put into a glass casket for viewing because people loved them so much that they wanted to continue to see their their body even after death. They still wanted to see it, and while I was there, one of them was being presented. And my dad took me up to see it, and it was exactly what it sounds like. It was just like a a leather bound, like a, a d, um, like the liquid was out of this body, but it it was just a person there that had been there for maybe a hundred years. This priest that everyone loved, they just kept the body there. And I wonder why they don't think that that's disrespectful. I, I guess they're saying that it's respectful to praise him and to pray with him still um but yeah it was definitely something that stuck out as being a younger person i was like 10 or 11 at the time and i was like it's a real dead body and my dad was like yeah that's a real dead body that's a priest that everyone you know thought a lot of and and kept here and there's more they they rotate the display there's more down there so i that always stuck out to me yeah i mean it it would be weird if people would uh if it was legal, if they adopted that custom, like in their homes, big, like, and this was my dad, you know, still here, yeah, yeah, he's got, he's in his favorite outfit, he liked that. And we change it in the seasons. That's just an empty can of Miller Lite. He liked that, <laughs> you know. I know they do that in France. They they bury theirs, their dead in uh, catacombs under the city, and that can be pretty scary too if you were to go down underneath there. And they also do that in the Vatican. Yeah, that that's that's crazy. What's let's see what we got next here. Oh, the uh, Bran Castle in Bran, Romania. Bran Castle, also known as Dracula's Castle, is a national monument and landmark in Romania. Many associate vampires with Transylvania, the region in central Romania, in large part because of Bram Stoker's Dracula. The house of Draculeste ruled Transylvania hundreds of years ago, and one ruler, Vlad III, is said to have been so barbaric that he earned the name Vlad the Impaler. Sounds like he stabbed some people. It does. Definitely does. Or maybe uh, like a jousting staff. He must have done a lot of impaling onto lots of different things to get that nickname. Actually, I mean, Dracula was big on blood, so Vlad was probably stabbing people for the blood to come out. And maybe it used to splash up onto him and it looked like he was drinking it, and that's where the whole thing came from. There you go. Unraveled. It's what? 12 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> You're welcome, everybody. If you wanted to know where vampires came from, we just cracked the case. <laughs> we traced it to Vlad the Impaler and his <laughs> sick obsession. <laughs> This one, North Youngest Road in Bolivia, 
uh, this picture is of a road that's just winding through these mountains, and there is absolutely no guardrails on it. I've driven on roads like that. Two cars passing each other. It looks like if one of them goes off, that it's just going to drop for thousands of feet. So a fear of heights can go a long way, sometimes into a 2,000-foot abyss. This is especially true along the North Yungas Road, which leads from La Paz to Corioco in the Yungas region of Bolivia. The two-way road travels between the abyss and solid rock. Its 12-foot-wide path has earned its nickname, the Death Road. I would not want to go drive on that. That's like you shouldn't drive or go through Death Valley. You should probably at all costs avoid the Death Road. I mean, 2,000 feet down... If you hit like a rock and it like breaks your axle or something and your car goes a little bit to the left or right, there doesn't even look like there's enough room to pass. No, it doesn't look like you would have to go to a spot to pass. Somebody has to <laughs> has to just drive off. I or guess. back up like a long way. Oh, man. I would just be like, all right, we're just going to have to rock, paper, scissors. It <laughs> be the only way there'd be like inter- intersections where you got to rock, paper, scissors. Okay, what's next? Okay, the village of Nagoro in Nagoro, Japan. A dwindling aging population and low youth retention rate in Nagoro, Japan has left behind a shrinking village. Artist Ayano Tazumuki reportedly moved back to her hometown to find the lessened local population. In response, she created life-size dolls to place around the village to give it a sense of life. Atlas Obscura reports that there are now at least 350 toy citizens inhabiting the village. It looks pretty creepy. First of all, that artist is sick because that isn't normal. That's not regular to whatever she's doing or he's doing right there. Putting them at a bus stop like that is weird, to say the least. And secondly, that's not the only place I've ever seen this. In I Am Legend, Will Smith puts... Uh, mannequins up to like remind him so i got maybe it's not that way but right? it, but in the but he forgets that sometimes where he put it because then he like opened fire on one and it gave maybe it's like a human thing like if you're missing company that much you create well and wilson yeah oh yeah from the from the movie yep there uh the tom hanks tom movie hanks. cast away yeah so i guess maybe you can create objects to fill the void of actual people. So this town must just have so few people that... <laughs> or she just felt bad for the dwindling town and was just like, let's make it look more populated. However, it looks creepy yeah, and she shouldn't missed, have done it. She missed the mark, if that's what her intention was. She oh, missed the mark. If she was playing darts, she hit like the bathroom door. <laughs> <laughs> so what's next, Steve? Oh, the door to hell. Oh, interesting. Just the door to hell. Well, give us it. The door to hell in Derizi, Turkmenistan. That's where Borat's from. Exactly. Turkmenistan. The so-called door to hell or gate to hell is a natural gas crater in Derizi, Turkmenistan. This this crater is the result of a natural gas field that collapsed into an underground cavern back in 1971. Geologists reportedly set it on fire to curb the spread of methane gas, but it just continues to burn. Interesting. It's a pit. It. I mean, it is exactly what it sounds like. It's a huge hole with actual like 
red hot coals. I don't think there's flames, but there's just red hot coals of methane. I guess there's flames. It looks like somebody dug on a on a on a beach without water, a big uh, like fifty foot circumference hole, and made a burner pit out of it. It's exactly what it looks like. And it just is on fire naturally. I wonder if the whole ground's hot right around there. Oh, I bet it. I bet that sand's turning into glass right around there. I would think. Let's see. The hanging coffins of Sagada, Philippines. The hanging coffins of Sagada are just a few of the cliffside burials around the world. The tombs in the Philippines reportedly follow an ancient funeral custom that entombs the deceased in coffins attached to rock faces or within caves in the face of the cliffs. Ancient literature from the Tang Dynasty suggests that coffin placement correspond with status, while others say the placements presented or prevented animals from reaching the bodies and did not take up valuable farm space for burials. Philippines Lifestyle reports that the Sagada people have practiced such burials for more than 2,000 years and that some of the coffins are, well, over a century old. Wow. And uh, so, yeah, if you're walking through this village, I mean, you just look up hanging from the, the cliff sides are just a bunch of different homemade coffins. and It looks really crazy. And they're saying the higher up that the coffin is, the higher up in status that person was. Exactly. That is just not what we do here. <laughs> it is not. I guess in New Orleans, they bury the dead above sea level, though, above the ground. So, I mean, that could... But it just seems like in this situation that if that coffin were to deteriorate to the point where it would fall out of those hooks, that there would just be like a bunch of bodies down at the bottom of that cliff. But you think if that would have became an issue that they probably would have found some other way of doing it since they've been doing it that way for thousands of years. Maybe we should add the Philippines to our list. Yep. We'll go check it out. Sagata Philippines. But before that, why don't you take us to Germany? Okay, here's a a good one. This one, it's uh, it's insane. It's the Belitz Hilstatten Hospital in Belitz, Germany, once a sanitarium to reportedly house people with fatal tuberculosis. The site in Germany was converted into a military hospital complex used during World War One. Adolf Hitler is said to have been treated at the site after he was wounded in the war. The primarily abandoned complex still features crumbling surgical and psychiatry wards. A small portion of the complex is reportedly still used for neurological rehabilitation and Parkinson's research. And if it still looks the way that it does in this picture, I wouldn't be going there for any type of service, not even to pick up my mail service. It looks dilapidated. You're definitely getting a staph infection if you get any type of procedure done there. It's got the blue walls like you would expect in like a a hospital setting, like a sanitarium, but the paint is just chipping off of it. The the, uh, doorways all have like just deterioration all around it. It looks like it's a movie set. It does. It really does. So we're going to go from there from... um, what was it? Germany. Now we're going to go to the Czech Republic, to the Sedlik Osserary. The Sedlik Osserary is a Roman Catholic chapel that is part of the former Sedlik Abbey. It is estimated to contain the skeletons of at least 40,000 people. Their bones have been artistically arranged in an ornate decoration and furnishings within the chapel. It is a popular tourist attraction in the Czech Republic. Well, that's just plain sick. 
Yeah, that. That's that's you know disrespecting a body. I'm telling you, I'm looking at a chandelier made out of femurs and skulls. It's crazy looking. With and cherubs on top of columns of skulls. That is not. Yeah, and it's not like decorations from a Halloween store. These are real. That's disgusting. Yeah, that's disgusting. I would never even want to go there. Me neither. But you don't have to worry about us going there. No, but you know what? Steve, you can bring us right back home. All right. Centralia. This is one that uh, we talk about often. Pennsylvania. Centralia and Pennsylvania, United States. Centralia is a it's a near ghost town in a mining area of Pennsylvania. The town was evacuated in 1962 because of a dangerous underground fire known as the Centralia Mine Fire. Now, the fires continue to burn, and few have dared to live among the noxious fumes. So, we know that they were allowed to stay if they wanted to. Yep, but you're most likely going to get cancer, I would think. And the rule was that once, and you couldn't you couldn't pass your house on, once you the people that owned the house died, then eminent domain would take over the house pay the family they weren't taking you know they weren't taking anything they would pay the family fair market value for it they let the people stay that wanted to stay in centralia when this mine caught on fire and as the uh people died off then they would bulldoze the houses so that there would be nothing in the area and fultz and i recently found out that they had a huge highway not a huge highway it was a, a road going into yeah. centralia but it was called the graffiti highway because when people would go to this area they would always leave their mark with spray paint on the highway and to deter people from coming there the local government took the asphalt of the and now there is nowhere to leave your mark there's nowhere to spray paint anymore because they were finding that it was just a huge liability and it was becoming really popular a lot of people were going up to centralia to do hiking and find out what was going on as a tourist attraction i hear you can still get in pretty easily though but there was no money to be made. And no, the, and the, people were just stealing and wrecking shit. Yeah, the only thing that was there was liability. So the government tried to, their local government tried to curb people coming there as much as possible by uh, taking away everything there is to see up there. Yeah. But we're going. Oh, we're definitely going. 100%. Just to uh, check that out. Yeah, we just have to uh, figure out when and how we're going to do it. And it's going to be awesome. But, uh, so that's our show on creepy staircases yep. and like creepy locations from uh, around the globe that, you know, if any of you have any experience with any of that, reach out to us. If you've seen these things or if you've experienced anything crazy like that, reach out to us because we'd like to talk to you. And if you would, if you want to be on the show, we'll put you on. For sure. There's definitely more spots to talk about and there's local spots that, that can be talked about. I know that there's the the house out there in lebanon that's really haunted gettysburg green eyed six yeah gettysburg's really haunted so if you have a story or if you have a location that you think is haunted you want me and Fultz to come check it out or you want to tell your story to us please get in contact with us because we would love to check it out and until next time i'm Fultz, and i'm steve we'll see you next time take care of one another bye-bye